Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. You all are in for such a treat today. We have such a unique guest and we're talking about such unique topics today on in this episode. Um, we are talking about all things sustainability in small business and um, it is such a beautiful, powerful lens to view slow living and um, I just am so excited to have this component on the podcast, um, this component of slow living on the podcast. But before we get started, here is... Um, my shameless plug to please, please, please subscribe, share with me, DM me, let me know that you're listening, send this podcast to a friend that you think might enjoy it. Um, but, and if you are a mindful business owner, if you're an entrepreneur um, with a mindful mission and you might want your story told. There are two ways um, that I can help you with that. One, you could be on this podcast. Um, if you think you have a um, something to offer uh, in the slow living entrepreneurship realm. Um, but also, you can also work with me. Um, I am a videographer. Um, that is where I make my income. <laughs> and I tell the stories of mindful entrepreneurs. And uh, if you are needing video for your business uh, to throw into your marketing strategy, video is very powerful to tell stories and tell your story and build trust with your ideal client. So um, that is always one way you can work with me. Okay, cannot wait to hear from you guys on what you think on this episode, um, but until then, yes, enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dream Big, Live Slow. Um, I'm so excited today because we are talking about, we're diving into some incredible topics uh, with Moji. Moji is the founder of Blue Daisy Consulting, where she offers sustain sustainability consulting for small businesses. Um, and on this podcast, we like to talk to entrepreneurs with a mindful mission and her life work is just that. I mean, there's so much depth to her why behind why she offers what she does and the work that she does. And I'm just so excited to dive in 
to and learn from you emoji. So thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having that's a great intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um can you go ahead and kind of just tell us a little bit about your story and your path to entrepreneurship and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so it's really interesting when I listen to other podcasts um, or even this podcast, other episodes, and I hear people's stories um, because it seems like a lot of us have this in common that not many of us actually expected to find ourselves in entrepreneurship. I never thought that I would be owning my own business. Um, I studied engineering in college, and so I thought I was going to be an engineer. But um, I learned about uh, the zero waste movement about four or five years ago now. And it just shifted my whole perspective on sustainability, the way the world works. And I was like, I have to be a part of this somehow. And so that kind of got me just down a rabbit hole and eventually starting my own business about um, around that idea. Cool. Um, that That's such an interesting, um, you know, career switch. Um, <laughs> but... I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about what you offer your clients and um, what you kind of what you kind of do for them? Yeah, absolutely. So I see myself as a guide and my my whole vision is a zero waste world. And when you hear that at first, people kind of get overwhelmed. Like if you whether or not you know what zero waste or the zero waste movement is, like that sounds pretty extreme and dramatic. And so what I hope to do and what I think I'm able to successfully do with my clients is just make that idea less overwhelming and less scary mm -hmm. and frustrating and just provide people with the guidance, the resources, the tools that they need to reduce waste and just be as sustainably minded as they possibly can as a small business. Mm, that's great. So yeah, that was going to be one of my first questions is like, it, it does seem overwhelming, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're just getting started. And I am, I truly mean that I'm excited to learn from you because this is something <laughs> that I wish I, I, um, was better at. And so I'm kind of curious, like starting with your personal experience of how you got into, um, or how you how you kind of got started um, on this path to zero waste and um, and is it is part of it mindset in a way? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and you kind of <laughs> set me up really well there because um, I call it having a zero waste mindset. But mm. when I learned about zero waste about five years ago, I learned about it through a viral video where this woman fit all of her trash for, I think, like several years into a 16-ounce mason jar. And she was like, look at me. Like, I fit all my little rubber bands and twist ties and all that little, like, kind of pesky trash. I've reduced it down to that, and I can fit it in this little cup. And that's pretty great. And I saw that, and I was, like, just kind of shocked by the visual of it. Like, I had never really thought about trash that way. I had never thought about sustainability that way, or that was even like a goal people had for themselves. Yeah. Um, and it really just kind of shook my brain a little bit and got me thinking like, where, like, where do the things that we buy come from? Where do they go? Why do we buy things the way they are? Why are they packaged the way they are? Like I just had all these questions. And so I just kind of started really slowly with little swaps, like 
that's kind of one of my best tips of where to start when you learn about zero waste or if you're interested in pursuing what I call a zero waste lifestyle is just start really small and notice like what can I kind of switch around and make easier on myself to reduce waste. So whether that's just like as simple as a reusable water bottle, that's like a really easy thing that most of us already do, but that's a step in the right direction all the way to like advocating for policy. Like you can do everything from mm-hmm. that, from individual all the way up to systemic actions. It's, it's all of it. Wow, that's uh, that is a great way to think of it. Like, what are some some little ways, I guess? Um, and obviously, if going more in depth, we would definitely want to work with you. But <laughs> starting with like some just a couple of little things, like to get started as someone who has literally no idea where to start, you know? No, totally. Yeah. And I think the first step before even like getting stressed out about like, what do I need to buy or switch or change? Just noticing, like observing and just taking a step back. And maybe like when you throw things away, just like hold your hand over the trash and like pause for a second and think about it and then throw it away. Like I, I never before learning about zero waste would even consider like, oh, maybe this is like I should change something about this. So just start with noticing and paying attention and and thinking about what you're tossing away and also the way that you're buying things. If there are more local or um, low package ways to do that and just notice. And then when you start to notice and you see patterns, then you can start to create little habit shifts for yourself that will work for your lifestyle. So it really depends on your personal, like you, you have a baby, like having a, being a mom is a whole different piece of, <laughs> of life that I, I don't have any experience in, but you're going to have different kinds of trash and, and, and issues and concerns than I would. So it's really personal to your own lifestyle and, and what you need. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, and this podcast is about kind of slow living mm-hmm. and, uh, and how to slow down and stuff through mindset shifts. And that's what I think of when I think of um, of sustainability is we're just a product of convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, we all kind of are, you know, it's our world that we live in, this fast-paced world where we want convenience and we want things to move quickly. Um, and slowing down enough to be conscious of your waste is a challenge. So, um, how, how does that feel? Like how, how have you gotten into that mindset? Um, what are some tools you use to like slow down and, and be intentional with, with sustainability, with living more sustainably, but also other areas of your life? Yeah, that, that's a great question and, and a big question too, because it, it there are so many um, systemic things at play that make it difficult for us to do that. Mm-hmm. I like to say that our society is not set up for us to be sustainable or to live a zero waste lifestyle or do any of the things that we like. At least people listening to this podcast know will be better for our our collective health. Um, but it's not, we're not set up for success, and so the first thing is just finding ways to make space or create space to do that reflection, to do that slowing down. That's not really accessible to everyone or in the same amounts, but if you're able to find even just moments to kind of breathe and slow down and and reduce your pace, then 
that I feel like is helpful in switching towards a more sustainable, slow living, intentional living lifestyle. But it, it just, it's difficult, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and can you talk a little bit about the bigger, the bigger picture of you know, why this is important to you personally, um, of course, and through your perspective of how, why is it important to you to care for the planet and to, how do you, how do you build on that? Yeah. 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 So it's really interesting how my perspective has shifted over the years because I've always thought I was sustainably minded. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. anyone who's a millennial Gen Z, like we're all kind of like, oh, it's like we want to save the planet. We want to do what's right. Like we all either when I was younger, I saw the inconvenient truth. That was one of my first in, um, introductions to climate change. And so we all kind of have our own little personal entryways into sustainability and the whole concept of it. So I don't think any of us want to be unsustainable. Um But when we think about what sustainability actually looks like, it seems like a very kind of separate thing. Like, oh, we have to save the planet and um, save the turtles. And there's so many, so many other, like reduce, reuse, recycle. Like all of those things are definitely um, great foundations and great reminders. But we also have to remember that the earth is us. Like we, if we don't take care of the planet that we live on, that provides us with all these resources, like we don't have food, we don't have shelter, we don't have like healthy air, clean water, like all of that stuff is mm-hmm. required for us to live our healthy, um, our healthy lives, our most healthiest version of our lives. And it's just, it's all interconnected. And so the way that we treat the planet and the environment around us is in turn how we are treating ourselves. And so that's why I think it's so important for us to make that connection and not see sustainability as something that we do, but rather a culture and a mindset and just who we are. Ooh, I like that. Can we dive a little deeper into that of how do you deepen your connection with yourself and connecting with nature even? You're deepening your connection with nature to kind of get into that headspace. Yeah. You keep giving me really like softball questions because I'm actually working on a project um, <laughs> right now. Uh, we'll see what where it is when we release this podcast, but to make that easier. And a mm. lot of my own personal journey, like it, it's a journey. I'm, I'm not like the utmost expert on sustainability by any means. Like we're all learning together. But how I've gotten to where I've gotten now is through a lot of self-reflection um, and just constantly being a student. And so one of the ways that I do that is through like just journaling and reflection and however you do that for your personal self, like whatever your own version is, it is totally fine. But for me as an introvert and someone who like likes to formulate thoughts before I spit them out into the world, journaling is really helpful. And so that's something that I'm working on is how can we make space to just kind of think about this stuff and, and just kind of reflect and formulate our thoughts and imagine what would be the ideal if, if we could have unlimited power and resources to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that you kind of, I don't know, what's a a prompt, I guess, or something like that, where like, what's something you, when you sit down to journal, you reflect on, um, and to, you know, deepen your connection with, with our planet and with nature. And yeah, I think my, my number one 
go to that I kind of, because it's a source of frustration for me where I'll look around and I'll be like, oh, I wish this was different. Like I know that all the people that I encounter, all my friends, all the business owners that I get to work with all want to do what's good for the planet. We all would prefer things to be like that, but there's always a roadblock in the way. And so a frequent, like, I guess it would be a prompt, but a frequent idea I come back to is just what would the ideal be? Like if, Mm -hmm. if I could just daydream of what would be the perfect situation for what I think the world should look like, what would that be like? And just kind of sit with that and be like, okay, of course there's going to be things that don't make that easy, but if I could dream up the perfect situation, what exactly would that be? And just get as specific as possible with that. So um, yeah, I, I love to think about that. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's something that I definitely reflect on a lot in journaling in other areas of my life, just mm. with like my business and what what's my ideal, like, you know, my dream for my business. And then like working backwards a little bit of like, okay, you know, what will it take um, to make that happen? And, and you know, just kind of reversing it. But um, I love that you that you journal and that's that's such a staple of my my mental health practices and and caring for myself is can we talk a little bit about running your business? I mean, yeah. Um because I'm sure it's so important to stay aligned like with, you know, your your true intentions in order to not get overwhelmed with the work that you do. Um, so what are some ways that you stay aligned in remembering like your purpose and and your your drive and motivators behind what you do? Totally. So that's something that's super important to me. And I'm constantly working through my own hangups about it because just when you play the comparison game and you see other business owners or other people in the sustainability space or whatever you compare yourself to, you're always like, oh, I could do it like that and just be so much more successful if I just copied them or or did this thing differently. And I'm it's really important to me that as I build this business where the core like mission of it is for us to slow down and be more intentional. That's like ultimately what I'm trying to get us all to be able to do is that I reflect that I mirror that in the way that I run my business. And so Mm. it's so important to me to move slowly and with intention. And so every decision that I make is all about just like, do I have enough space to rest? What is my capacity? Like I recently hired um, an assistant to help me with things like little administrative things that were just sucking up my time. And if I just release them, let them go, I have more space to be creative and to rest. And so just the way the way that I move in my business has to be aligned with what I'm trying to accomplish or else I'm kind of a little bit of a hypocrite. I'm kind of mm-hmm. not really living out what I'm what I'm trying to create. And so it's so important to me to move slowly, make sure that like when we have deadlines that they're like clearly communicated. If they have to slide, they slide. Like we, we just make sure that we're not um, pushing ourselves towards burnout for the sake of creating a world that's trying to counter that, you know? So yeah, absolutely trying to, to make sure that my words match my actions at every step of the way. I love that so much. Um, because with, with what I do, I've, it resonates so much in that I am constantly reflecting on, you know, 
is my is my calendar and my commitments are they matching my capacity exactly as you said um i reflect on my capacity a lot and i think that's a lot of um coming a something you learn in entrepreneurship and it doesn't just happen naturally kind of have to you have to constantly reevaluate it and that's what um i've always said like led me to burnout is not understanding my limits as mm-hmm. one person and um so yeah can you talk a little bit about you know how do how did you come to understand you know your limit as one person and um yeah, a little bit about how you, how you kind of set boundaries or what are some examples of, I know everyone says set boundaries, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, <no. laughs> but draw that line, um, to, to remember what's important. Yeah. Well, I love the phrase no and, and no, thank you. If I, if I need to say thank you, but the, I love to say that. And it's, um, taken a lot of kind I mean, therapy has been part of it, but just a lot of mm. Um, inner work to be able to release things that are not suited for me, whether it be a job opportunity or a speaking request or what whatever it may be, like just knowing what's right for me and what's not. And then I think the other piece of it is just what we assign value to. And I think that perfectly connects like what we're talking about with building a sustainable and intentional business, but also building a sustainable and intentional world. And it always just comes back to what what do we actually value? What do we assign value to? And so for me, like my time is really important to me. So I need to have lots of time to rest, lots of time for my introverted, like just hanging out with myself, um, to garden, to hang out with my friends and partner and cats. Like that's all so important to me. Um, but also if I, when I do have work, I need to be compensated appropriately for my time. And so it's really important to me that I'm not saying yes to every single thing that comes my way if it doesn't match up with what I value. And so when I think about, you know, any, anything that I do in my business, it's making sure that that all lines up and then to connect it with like the work I do with Zero Waste, it's looking at kind of the resources that we have and how we assign value to those. And so when I think about like before I was in the Zero Waste movement, I would just like, I don't know, I would get like, so one example is I'm moving soon. And so Mm -hmm. I've been collecting boxes from like any online deliveries or just things I find in the dumpster, honestly. Um, But those are going to be my free moving boxes because it's, it's a perfectly good piece of cardboard that I can use and will serve me value. Um, But we don't often look at things that way. We're just like, oh, I'm done using this. It's trash now. Like, let me throw it away or recycle it. But what if we just put a little bit of a shift onto what we assign value to and mm. kind of, you know, like um, just shifted that paradigm a bit. So it works both in entrepreneurship and in the sustainability space. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm seeing the connection between like a zero waste mindset in actual waste, but mm-hmm. also with with your workload and commitments as well, you know, not really being super intentional with not having any waste in your schedule um, and letting every bit of it be intentional. Exactly. And I I like to say that a zero waste mindset is not just like what you see as waste. So like 
the physical trash or like the time that you're saying or the the capacity, but like also who we see as wasteful and like thinking about um, kind of the injustices that we're trying to to write, to correct with um, environmental wrongs, social injustices, all of that kind of stuff. Like it's because we don't value each other and value, value, we put a hierarchy on things as opposed to having more equity across the board. So it it, it works for everything, honestly, which is why I'm so jazzed to talk about zero waste all the time because I'm like, it really (laughs) is like the solution to everything. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Can you talk about some of, like, I just want to learn from you on (laughs) some of the systemic uh, ways that our culture is, uh, has prevented us from being zero waste? Yeah, I mean, there are so many. Um, I think one that's kind of easy to to start with is um, just plastics. Like if we just start with something that I think everyone understands is a problem that a lot of us are trying to be plastic free as possible if we can. Um, not only is that just like a material that is, is necessary, it's an important material, but it doesn't need to be everywhere like it is now. Like we see things at the grocery store that are double wrapped in plastic that just don't need to be. And so how can we shift our mind away from that? And part Mm -hmm. of the systems that uphold that are plastics come from fossil fuels um, and like the oil and gas industry. And the oil and gas industry is in part subsidized by the United States government. So we have policy that gives money to oil companies to make plastic that we don't want, but they have, we're, we're funding them to do that. And so mm-hmm. it just creates this circular cycle where we're like, we'd, we'd love to not see as much plastic as, as there is, but we are actually encouraging it by the structures that we've created. And so that's just one example. There are so many from redlining to where um, black and brown people are more likely to live in places where there's high air pollution that comes from all kinds of industries. Um, It just sets black and brown people even further back. There are just so many different examples and it's all just the structures that we've created because we just, we don't um, value each other or our resources as equally as we should. Wow. And that is not something to take on lightly or it's not lighthearted mm-hmm. by any means. So I'm curious, how do you not get discouraged by the weight of it all and yeah. and still find hope in all of this? Yeah. So that's what I, I try to exude that. I know it's important to speak about these issues and like really face them head on. Like there's so much that's messed up about the world that I would love to be different, but I always try to approach it from a very positive, optimistic point of view, not to be like toxic or ignore the issue, but just like there is hope. Like if we all, um, if we all do our individual part as one piece of the puzzle, but also collectively agree that we don't want what's going on right now anymore. We'd like to see things better. When we all agree on that and we join together and create collective action through whether it's like as simple as just like sending an email to your city council person or senator or whatever representative that you connect with and want to talk to or um, 
going and creating a a swap of clothing between your friends, like just getting a bunch of girlfriends together and trading clothes so that you're not buying fast fashion, like whatever that looks like for you, anything that moves us closer towards using less stuff and being more intentional is part of the solution. And so I'm always like encouraging people like, yes, like applaud yourself for what you're doing and also acknowledge that there's always space to grow. Like we can hold both things at once. I love that so much. <laughs> I do. It reminds me of like one of one of these mindfulness tools that I use um, when things feel really heavy and mm-hmm. um, just like this, these topics, they feel so much bigger than me. It's like, I always remind myself that it's, I'm going to get way more done when I approach it with a love for and a passion for the change as opposed to a hate for the way things are, you know? Yes. Yeah. I love the way that you frame that. That's absolutely how I think as well. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Um, So can you talk a little bit about um, what it's been like to start your business um, in terms of uh, like building and, um, and keeping momentum up while still, yeah, staying aligned. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been absolutely challenging. I, I'm not going to like sugarcoat it and say like, oh, it's just been easy like because it hasn't. Um, yeah. I mean, so this is my very first business. I've been doing it for about three, almost three years now, um, oh. but still very new and always learning. Like, I don't think you ever fully know what you're doing. It's always a, an experiment. Um, oh. But yeah, I think it's just being open to noticing when there's times to pivot, times to try new things, times to experiment, especially with COVID where the whole world got turned upside down basically overnight. And you're like, part of my work was um, something I called zero waste audits, where I would go to people's businesses and like be a little um, baby raccoon and like dig through people's trash. And that was like part of part of what... Um, made me money and and got me kind of in businesses. And I couldn't do that for a long time because we were so concerned about staying safe with COVID. And so um, that part of my business went away for a while and now it's finally back. But th- things change, things ebb, things flow. They don't work. We try, try it differently. And so my favorite part, and I think it comes from my like engineering, science, math kind of background is the constant experiment. And like you have a hypothesis, maybe this will work, we try it, it fails, we tweak it, and we try it again. So that's kind of how I approach everything with with business. Oh, I love that so much. And it's a super unique perspective. Um, I love that engineering brain. My husband is an engineer. So oh, nice. <laughs> um, I'm around him a lot. And yeah, that is, that is a perfect way to look at it. Um, it's just, it's always, always changing. And that's something that I think we it's easy for us to get attached to results and attached mm-hmm. to like having a solid plan. And it's just such a metaphor for life in general is to everything's an experiment and being open to change is really how we can come to peace with, with our lives in general and find a lot of joy in the process. Totally. totally. But um. I guess kind of wrapping up here, um, can you talk a little bit about 
can you just kind of conclude with telling us your go-to perspective and mindset, I guess your go-to approach, let's call Mm -hmm. it that, for finding slowness in this world that kind of glorifies hustle and grind? Yeah. So it, it really depends on where you're at and what's important to you. I know that ever since becoming like a full-time entrepreneur, I have pretty much full control over my day. And so that makes it really easy for me to decide like what I do want to do, what I don't want to do. If I need to like take a walk and take a deep breath during the day, like all of that stuff I'm able to control. But I remember like it wasn't too long ago that I was in full-time jobs where that wasn't as easy. And so I think just like we were talking about earlier, like acknowledging your boundaries and advocating hard for them. And so if you need something, if you are noticing that you would work so much better, say, staying remote or whether you need some support from your boss or your team, asking for that for yourself and giving yourself what you need to to thrive because oftentimes we feel like we're not allowed to ask for what we actually need. And so I think that's kind of been the biggest learning for me is that, no, you're actually worth asking for what you actually need to make sure that you can be okay. And then once you're okay and you're set, you can deliver the best work and have the most successful and the best contribution to whatever you're trying to to accomplish. And so taking care of yourself first so that you can kind of radiate those good vibes out into the world is is my best tip for advice. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. (laughs) That's so great. Um, So people who want to work with you and and what would that look like? What would working with you look like um, and how can they do it? Totally. So if you are interested in just like one-on-one, you have a bunch of questions and you want someone to help you through that, that I have a a couple of coaching offers, either a half hour or an an hour. I try to make it really accessible price-wise so that you can just get in and get out and get what you need. Um, If you're looking for something more in-depth than that, we can always create custom solutions. But the whole like reason for reaching out to me if this whole conversation interests you is just to have some guidance on finding simple and creative solutions that will work for your unique business and your unique needs. Because there's there's no one-size-fits-all solution. There's no right answer. Like There's always going to be trade-offs depending on what's important to you, where you live, what your brand is, what your vibe is. And so if you need someone to kind of help you untangle all of that, that's like what I'm best at. So I would love to work with you. Perfect. And is there anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't get to or – Anything you'd like to say? I would just say if you're still wanting to learn more about like what this whole zero waste thing is, I have a free class um, and maybe you can put it on the show notes, but bluedaisy.com slash free dash class where you can, it's less than an hour and it's just a little bit more in depth on my whole ethos around zero waste, what it is, what it isn't, how you can get started. And hopefully that's helpful to, to kind of get you on your way. Very cool. Okay. I will definitely link that in the show notes. And just thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. This is such a unique conversation and one that I honestly, if I don't have very often, I mean, mm. I, I don't talk about <laughs> zero waste very often, but it's something that, um, I think, like you said, we all have a desire to be better and, um, I just love your approach. So thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom with us. Yes. Thank you again for having me. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. A reminder that to follow the podcast at Dream Big Live Slow on Instagram. Um, share this podcast with anyone you think might like it. Share it to your stories if you think your audience would like it. Share it to Facebook or wherever your email list. No. <laughs> um, but also, you can always work with me if you want your story told through video or the podcast format. Um, feel free to reach out on my website, tealray.com. Goodbye.